0: Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Man, God is good, amen? We're in Alaska with normal weather. Hallelujah. I am sleeping at night. I lost a little weight over the last couple of weeks just in my sleep, you know, it's awesome. Didn't even have to go to the gym, just wake up and sweat. It's awesome. Well, if I've never met you, my name is Aaron, this is my wife, Kinu, and um, we're on a journey and uh, I am so honored and excited. If I could just for a moment, um, I want to honor the shepherds of this house and overall, um, For believing in a vision and a dream, Dr. Morocco, years and years ago, to say, you know what, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And to go to, well, if God asked me to go to Hawaii, I mean, you know, (laughs) I'd go to, no, I'm just kidding. But the faith, you know, I've been, I've watched King's Cathedral and chapels. I've seen how they function and seen how they operate from the outside. And can I just tell you, even if I, if I lived in Alaska and even if I wasn't employed by this church, this would be my church. Amen. This is a place where God's presence resides. And it started years ago with Dr. Morocco saying yes to the call of God. And now we get to reap the benefits to sit here today because his faithfulness and obedience to the call of God. We get to sit here today in a building like this because of a man that said yes to the, to the calling of God. And I just want to honor him for a moment. Come on, let's put our hands together for Dr. Morocco, Pastor Colleen. I'm, I'm just getting into to a groove with kings and I can tell you this, I found the right place. I found the right place. Hallelujah. And, you know, I know that uh, our, uh, some of our staff, our, our senior pastors here are on a trip dip-netting. I get my, I get my chance to watch. Uh, I guess that's fun. Um, you know, <clears throat> part of training, watch me, then I'll watch you, and then you can do it yourself. Um, you know, leadership one-on-one. So this time we're going to watch. Um, But, you know, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen, the love that they have for this this congregation, for this city, for this state, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen somebody that's sold out for a place that says, I just want what God wants. Somebody that will weep and cry and and, and get on their face in the middle of the public and say, I just want what God wants for my people. You, You guys need to understand how blessed you are to be in a place where a, a person like Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen would sell out their lives and say, I'm sold out for this place right here. It's an honor and a privilege. And I know they're they're doing their, their dip net. Hey, we're going to dip in the river of the anointing tonight, okay? And so we're going to do our own dip netting right here. If that means anything, I, I don't know. I think if you dip net, the anointing would just fall right through, so... We're going to uh, put a sleeve on our nets and catch it all, okay? So we don't want any falling through. It'll be awesome. But I I just wanted to open tonight and just say thank you to this church for accepting my family, for encouraging us and believing in us, for praying for us, and being a part of the transition and the journey. Uh, It wasn't easy to leave a secure job and a secure foundation and step out into the water and see if we could walk on it. And let me just tell you, I've taken like half a step, and I'm still trying to be like, uh, but you know what? God's got this, and there's no place that I would rather be than a part of this family right here, stepping in and stepping out to a place that God's called us. And so tonight I would like to take a little journey with you. How many of you have ever been on a journey? Ever been on a vacation that you had to travel a place or two? How many of you here actually go dip netting? How many of you have been? How many of you have been to, how do you say it, Soldatna? Did I say that right? How many of you have been there? That's, we're going there in the morning. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about a journey and just so you can get a heads up on the, on the scripture, 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to read that in just a moment. But sometimes journeys require us to go further than what we thought we would have to go. Sometimes journeys take us out of our comfort zone. Sometimes journeys can be so uncomfortable. Especially if you're moving. How many have ever moved? A long distance, right? Rent a U-Haul. You're like, it'll be okay. The first 10 miles, you're like, this is not going to work. Right? It's a weight loss program in itself. It just shakes you all the way down the road. And so tonight I want to take a journey. You know, most people as Christians, they get saved and they stop right there. They get saved and they think that's as good as life can get. And I want to tell you, Isaiah 61 says that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed you. He's anointed you, not just to be saved. Yes, he wants you to be saved, but God's called you to bigger and better things. He's called you to change the world. And tonight, I want to take you on a journey to step into your anointing, to show you how to get there, give you some how-tos on the other side of just get saved. There's so much more to being a Christian. And tonight, we're going to follow a journey just like Elisha followed a journey after Elijah. Now, 2 Kings, how many have heard of Elisha? And Elijah. I don't know why their names are so similar. It gets really confusing. When you're talking about them, like, did he say Elijah or Elijah? So just pretend that they're both one person. No, I'm just kidding. So there's two guys, just a little background and history. Elijah, a great prophet. Signs and wonders and miracles in the Bible. You can read about him. He gets a, I always like to say this before we get started. I'm a word picture guy. Okay, listen. My wife's stack of books. She's smart. She's got the encyclopedia and the dictionary. My stack of books, I have Curious George, okay? So as we go through a journey tonight, understand that I like pictures. When I go to a restaurant and they hand me a menu that's this thick and it's all words, I'm like, oh, boy, I'm not eating. But when I turn and I see a picture, I'm like, I just want that. It's just easier in life, you know? No reading. Let's just pick something. And so tonight as we we go through a journey, we're going to read a little bit. But then I just want you to open your imagination, your heart, and your spirit. And I want to go on a journey tonight. And I believe that when you leave here tonight, you are going to be empowered and equipped to step into your God-given anointing, purpose, and destiny that he's called you to be in. Amen? Amen. 2 Kings chapter 2. I would say let's stand for the reading, but I'm going to read for a while. So as Pastor Daniel says, let's stand up on the inside. And we're going to read the word, and we're going to, we're going to believe God to do great things tonight. Amen? Amen. Chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody there say yes. yes. Awesome. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elisha said to Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives As you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know today that the Lord will take away your master from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep quiet. Everybody say, Keep quiet. quiet. Verse 4, Elisha said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The son of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you not know today that the Lord will take away your master from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Keep quiet. Look at your neighbor and say, Shh. Very good. Then Elisha said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, as as yourself lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at the same distance from them. And as they were both standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up, and he struck the water. And the water was parted on one side and the other till the two of them could cross on dry ground. Verse 9. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I should do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, Let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be for you. But if you do not see me, I shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And as Elijah went up by a whirlwind in heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel, its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Then he took a hold of his own clothes, and he tore them into pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back, and he stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And we struck the water, The water was parted from one side to the other, and Elijah went over. Father, tonight, Father, I speak over this congregation now for everybody that's watching on live stream. Father, a double portion of your anointing tonight. Father, that we would step into purpose and destiny, that we wouldn't just be saved Christians, but we would be saved Christians on a mission and anointed. Father, I declare it and decree it tonight, that you're the God of Elijah, the one that's still alive and well today, demonstrating your power across the earth. And, Father, today I speak a double portion over us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, a louder amen than that. Amen. So back to the dip netting trip. So if you've ever been there, now listen, I'm just learning my way around Wasilla, and it's super small, but I still get lost. All the mountains look the same. They're like, just go towards that, and I'm like, it all, all the mountains are the same. So I think I'm going towards the right mountain, and it's the wrong one. And so I still have to use my my maps, and I still have to get around the right way. So if I say a a city wrong, but I want you to understand what a journey looks like. So if we're going dip netting and we're leaving tomorrow, we'll leave Wasilla. We'll pass a little city called Eagle River. Town, city, village. (laughs) Right? I've seen the exit sign. I know we have a campus there God's anointing is there and if I was going all the way I would go through Anchorage I would head a certain direction and I don't know what that direction is south, south would be a great way to go and I'd go to the, where the ski place is you all speak in tongues well <laughs> yep that place where everybody stops at the biggest gas station along the way and they all park there, that place, that's another city, right? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. I'm glad we speak the same language. I didn't know I would know Alaskan, but I did when I got here. And then you would travel a little bit longer and you would make it to Soldatna, right? If I'm going there tomorrow morning and I stop at Eagle River and I never leave, will I get to my destination? No, I won't. I'll stop, and even though people might stop beside me and show me a picture of what's happening where the people are dip-netting, I might get reports back of, oh my gosh, the weather is so good, you won't believe it. We are having a record number of fish catches. We are are pulling them in by the hundreds. Right, there's fish flopping all over the place. Hammers are flying. Did they do that? Yeah, right? Kicking them, hitting them. Whatever they got to do. Fish are everywhere. But if I don't leave that destination, I don't get to experience it. I get stuck in a place where I just hear about it. And can I tell you tonight, most Christians in the church are stuck in a place where they just heard about it. Most Christians, they start their journey, they get a little further into it, and they say, man, I love this place. And they stay there the rest of their life. And they never experience the true the true power of the living God, Amen. otherwise known as dip netting. <laughs> Amen. Well, I hope it's really good because if it's not, you guys are going to be like, that's not even close to God's power. <laughs> hey, you, any time you catch something, it's a good day. The worst thing is going fishing and catching nothing. All right, so it'll be awesome. I mean, I don't get to catch anything, but it'll be awesome interceding and watching. So um, forgive me, I didn't have, I left my iPad in Missouri. It's kind of far to go get it. And so um, I'm going to try to preach off my phone tonight. And uh, I'm 42 years old, but I think I can read it. Um, I had to I had to go old school. I wrote my notes out. It's been a long time. I got writer's cramp like two lines in. I was like, what's happening in my life right now? And so... Um, I thought I was going to bring a paper up here and, I was, and then my wife encouraged me that Babe, that's a bad idea. Just take a picture of it. So I took a picture of it and now I can only see one word at a time. So it's going to be awesome. Get ready for a great night. <laughs> I love Jesus. All the time. So the first place that Now, if you'll notice in that story that we read, they go to four places. They go to Gilgal. They go to Bethel. They go to Jericho. And they end at Jordan. Those are four major places in life. All those cities represent something super important tonight, that if you understand what those cities mean as a Christian, it will help you overcome in your life, and it will help you get to the anointing that God's put on you. And so pay attention because this could set you up to win the rest of your life. For those of you that are sitting here saying, I don't know how to get over this addiction. I don't know how to get through this depression. I don't know how to make it to the other side. Let me just tell you tonight, I'm going to give you the formula that takes you a cross and gives you a double anointing that gives you the power to overcome in every area of your life tonight. Are you ready? Awesome. So Gilgal, they come to Gilgal and they come to a place. Now Gilgal in the Bible in Genesis 12, somewhere around 12, somewhere. I don't know exact verse. It's one word at a time, and I can't see it on my notes. But Genesis 12, I think it's eight. It's the first time in the Bible that Bethel is mentioned now. Minister Gill was talking about Abraham and, and, and his blessing. The first time that Abraham hears about Bethel is when he gets, to an, when he gets the revelation of inheriting the promised land. Amen? Amen. Gilgal represents the starting place, the foundational place, the fundamental truths of salvation and your walk with God. It's the first place that we come to in our walk. It's where God says, I want you to be saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized in water. I want you to learn about the resurrection. I want you to learn about miracles. It's a place where we learn about who we are as Christians. Now listen, if you're at Gilgal and you're having trouble moving forward because somebody can come up to you and say, hey, uh, they they, they really don't know if Jesus was raised from the dead. Like, there's some rumors going around that, like, he wasn't really dead. Like, he was actually, like, walked out of there. Or his body was stolen. Like, we don't know. But they they, they know that, like, he didn't, like, raise from the dead. And you get worried about, like, what you believe. You're stuck in Gilgal. If you're sitting here at church and, you, and, and somebody's praying for a miracle and you're sitting back there skeptical going, ah, I don't know about this. If somebody gets slain in the spirit, And and you look at them and go, I think that's fake. I don't think that can really happen in church. You're stuck in Gilgal. You're stuck in the fundamental truth stage. And what that means is you need to get more word in you. You need to start reading your Bible. You need to start getting your faith built by hearing and, and, and believing the word of God. Once you get through Gilgal, now listen. If you'll notice every time he came to a city with Elijah, the prophets would come to Elisha. And they would say what? Your master's leaving. He's going to die. And Elisha would respond back. That's right. He said it, not me. He said, shut up. (laughs) Don't tell your neighbor that. Look at your neighbor and say, shh. Okay? Did you know any time that you pursue the presence of God, there's going to be people in your life to tell you to stop. There's going to be roadblocks from the devil that say you can't. And you have to look at those places and those people, and you need to tell yourself and tell them, be quiet. You don't affect me. I am pursuing God. Because people will try to take you off course. They will send you over obstacles. But I'm telling you tonight, if you're at the place of Gilgal and you can get the fundamental truth of this word and you understand what God is saying, you don't have to listen to the voice of the world or the enemy anymore. You say, be quiet. Sorry. Promise I won't make too much of a mess. The next place that Actually, let, let, me, let me say one more thing on that. Somebody say desperation. desperation. Somebody say revelation. revelation. Anticipation. Anticipation. Demonstration. 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 I just give you, you ever watch a movie where they give you the end at the beginning? My, I hate those kind of movies. You'll like watch for five minutes and then it'll be like 20 years earlier. And you're like, oh, no, this is going so I don't like that kind of movie. I just, I lose interest. I'm like, well, I know. They're going to end up at a hospital. Somebody dies. It's going to be horrible. Let me, just, let, let me just tell you the end at the beginning. I hate the movie, but I feel like it's better. Every city, all right? Gilgal represents desperation. If you're taking notes, just Gilgal equals desperation. Bethel equals revelation. Got that? Jericho equals anticipation. Jordan equals a demonstration. Everybody got those? It's very crucial in life. If you can understand those four things in life, it will help you get to a demonstration of God's power. We got we to be desperate for the things of God. We got to get a revelation. We've got to get the word of God. We've got to begin to anticipate what that revelation was, and then when we do that, he sends a demonstration of his power. Get ready because God's getting ready to do something tonight. So, At the place of Gilgal, Elisha gets desperate. And even though in his first walk with with Elijah, the first city he comes to, the prophets of God, the prophets come to him and say, hey, don't do it. He's going to die anyway. It's a wasted walk. And he says, shh, I already know that. Be quiet. I'm still going. I'm desperate for what he has. I'm desperate for what the things that God has placed in my life and you or the enemy or nobody else is gonna detour me. Be quiet, I'm moving forward. You've got to learn to say, be quiet to the voices that are trying to take you off course. The next place he comes to is Bethel. Bethel is a place of revelation. Sorry, I'm I'm turning pages. Stay with me. I might have gave you the wrong, number, wrong verse for a, that's okay. Bethel is a place of revelation. It's a place where they come to where, and again, every time they come to a city, there's prophets, there's people that say that they're Christians, discouraging the one that needs to go. Listen, if you're at a place where you've, you're strong in the fundamental truths, if you're at a place where you understand the word of God, where you don't, you're not shaken in your faith. The next stage for your walk to come into your double portion, to your anointing, is to spend time with God in worship. It's to get alone with God and hear his voice. When, when, a, when a moment comes in where you go, oh, I should do that. God, I hear you speaking this morning. I hear you saying that, God. Bethel's a place where we come to in our life, where we get stirred, where we get the word of the God speaking to us, and where we can follow something and we get excited about it. Amen? Amen. Even though people all the way through your journey will tell you to stop, will tell you to not go, will tell you he's going to die. It's not true. Listen, stay focused and tell them to be quiet. The next place they come to is Jericho. Now, Jericho, you all know the famous Jericho. Joshua, fit the battle low. Very good. Awesome. For All the ones that were in Sunday school. All the rest of you are like, you guys are weird. You have songs? Yeah, there's a song for everything. Stick around long enough, we'll teach you. There's even hand motions. That's when it gets really good. Amen. Jericho is a place of of wealth, of fame. It's a place where Joshua overcame the walls of Jericho. It's a place where you get to in your life that causes you to be complacent. It's a place where you feel like everything's going right because you have what you need. And how many of you know, anytime you have what you need, we tend to not ask God for more. Anytime we're in a place where we're not in trouble, we forget we don't need to pray as much. We don't need to worship as much. We can skip church. It's when things go bad is when we start to pray more. It's when we have a a bad doctor's report is when we begin to fast. It's when we have a new life change when we begin to say, God, please. But Jericho's the place where the the enemy has been defeated, and all of a sudden you feel good and you forget your true calling because God the, the devil stops you at good to keep you from great. And so you get to a place called Jericho and there's still the people in your, in your head saying, this is good enough. This is good enough. You've done everything you need to do. You've walked the distance. You go to church. You serve on the worship team. You've got a great family. You've got a house. Stop there. And God says, I've called you for so much more. I didn't call you to just survive. I've called you to a life and life more abundantly, John 10.10 10 says. And we have to understand that we're more than overcomers. We don't just overcome. We we do more than overcome. We overcome and then we do some more. And we get stuck in Jericho because it's a place where we feel good. The walls came down. I saw a miracle. Oh, man, we had a revival for two weeks. It was so good. Whoo! I felt it. I'm just going to stay here until we have another one. Jesus. I can can live off of that forever. No, you can't. You stay in Jericho long enough, and you'll never, ever, ever see the double portion. Elijah tells Elisha, stay here. Don't come with me. Stay. This is a good place for you. I'm going to be taken away. He says, no, as long as you're living, as long as you're leading me, God, as long as you're leading me, as long as there's still breath in my lungs, as long as I still hear your voice, as long as I'm desperate, as long as I have a revelation word, as long as I have a place that I can follow you, I'm not quitting on you, God. Jericho is a place of anticipation. Joshua and the children of Israel, they walked around the the walls of Jericho. How many times? Nope. No, I love that. That's my favorite part. That six on the first, one in the first six days and then seven on the seventh day. Seven plus six is 13. They walk 13 times around the walls of Jericho. Know your word. Fundamental truths. Don't get stuck in Gilgal. The pastor and the preacher is not God. The word of God is God. You have to read this to know it. Know your stuff. As they walked around 13 times, they were anticipating something happening. They were anticipating a great move of God. They were excited to see something. They were walking in silence. Just praying, just praying, just praying. Yes, a miracle in itself. that that many people in one place. You hear about Joshua? Yeah, heard about him. I think he's crazy. Right, you get, you get a couple hundred thousand people murmuring, that can be a low roar and silence. They anticipated greatness. Elijah looked at Elijah and said, stay here. You don't need to come any further. Stay here. He said, no, as long as you live, as long as you lead me, I want what you have. I want what you have and I want more of it. And I'm not going to stop. They go to Jordan, the Jordan. The 50 prophets are standing at the same distance looking at them going, <laughs> what are you going to do now? Told you you shouldn't have came here. What are you going to do? This is, the, this is the hard place right here. Jordan represents the place of death. Now, not where we go to where we die, where we crucify our flesh. See, the Jordan was where Jesus was baptized, a symbol of death going down underwater, leaving the old behind and coming up new. That's where Jesus was baptized. That's where they crossed on the other side and said, I'm leaving the old me behind, and I'm coming across into the anointing of God, and I'm coming out a new creature. That's what the Jordan represents in our life. Now, when you get to that place, that's the place where people really get in your head and say, is it really worth it? You're going to need a miracle to step out into there. That's the place when I tell my family, living in Missouri, totally secure, and said, hey, it's time to move. Why? You're in Jericho. We're seeing a demonstration of God's power. The church is multiplying. You're being blessed. Your finances are prospering. You have a great house. Your kids are healthy. Why leave now? Because it's time to crucify the flesh and follow the anointing of the Holy Spirit. As Elijah takes his cloak off, his cloak is like a, a shawl, a scarf that's hanging over him. He wads it up and he takes it. And the Bible says that he strikes the Jordan River. That's power. You want to know, some people make fun of pastors that are, that are eccentric, that wave their hands. You know, Pastor Daniel almost he chopped his daughter the other day in service. He was like, <clears throat> and Hannah was like, Look like the Matrix on the front row. <laughs> right? And they're like, Why is he so crazy? Why is that? <laughs> Why? Sometimes it's required. Elijah didn't walk up and go, God, please. He walked up to the river and said, oh, He struck his hand. We have to have a place of power. The Jordan River is a place where we crucify our flesh, where we deny ourselves, where we say no to the things that we have to have. And it's a place of demonstration. It was a miracle moment that the 50 prophets stood there and said, man, he moved his hand and touched the water and it, (laughs) go down to any river, creek, Go down to a little stream. I don't care if it's this big, like this wide, like you could step over it. Touch it and make it go like this. I I don't care how big it is. You'll be like, oh my gosh, we had a miracle. They went to the Jordan River. They didn't go to a crick. That was for you, Pastor Daniel. A crick is one you can just stop with your foot. They went to a river and they struck the water and it backed up on both sides. That's where a demonstration happens. Listen, the formula for life is super easy. If you're questioning your faith, if somebody can talk you out of your salvation, you need to know your word. If somebody can give you an elevator speech and make you question who you are in God, read your word. When you know your word, when you can quote scripture, you don't have to memorize stuff. You don't have to be like, oh, Ezekiel 47, 1, and he brought me back to the temple in the waters, and, I, and quote all of John. You have to know your word. I even say, I don't know where it's at, but I know what it says. It says in there somewhere that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't have to, I don't have to listen to that. I know what I know. And I'm not going to stop at Gilgal, I'm going to move forward and I'm going I'm to hear God's voice, I got a word of the Lord, that's why we're here, I had a dream, God spoke, I heard the prophets speak, God spoke through different people, He spoke through Pastor Daniel, He spoke through Dr. Morocco, He spoke to my senior pastor Gary Brothers. He spoke in different ways, and I got revelation knowledge. The rhema word was inspired in me, and immediately I said, God, I'm going. And then I came to my place of Jericho that said, I cannot wait to get to California. I love Alaska. I never thought I'd say that. Let me rephrase that. I love Alaska in the summer. Amen. But I love... I love this church. You are some of the most on fire, crazy people I've ever met in my life. And I love that we can come here any day of the week, at any hour. I've never seen a church show up for seven o'clock in the morning and pray, ever. If we did, it would be the pastor by himself being like, well, hallelujah. We have people praying with passion here at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. We have couples here believing for their families. Are you kidding me? This is a church I want to be a part of. I love Alaska. I love this church. And I'm ready to duplicate it in California. I refuse to stop at Jericho. I refuse to say I don't, I'm comfortable here. Honestly, we could probably negotiate. Pastor Daniel probably like, why don't you just stay? To find a five year contract, 15 year contract, whatever you need. Let's just stay. Just stay in Alaska. It would be easy. We could probably negotiate that. But that's not what God's called me to do. God didn't call you to just sit in a chair, God didn't just call you to come here and worship Him. He called you to serve Him with everything you have. Elijah gets taken up in a whirlwind. And as he's headed up to heaven, his cloak, his scarf falls off. Now listen, this is important. This is how you go after the anointing. This is how you get after the thing that God puts in front of you. If you've gone through Gilgal and you've gone through Bethel and you've gone through Jericho and you're at the place of the Jordan, the Jordan looks like revival when Shuttlesworth was here. That's what the Jordan looks like. That's when you show up and you get a hunger and you want more. But let me tell you, the parting of the water looks like when you leave the revival and you go out there and you do it in the streets. That's what the revival looks like. That's what the anointing looks like. And Elisha looked at that cloak on the ground and he said, hey, I'm going after that thing. I asked for a double portion. I'm picking it up and I'm taking that. Sometimes you have to go after it. You have to pick it up and you have to take it. It's yours. God gave it to you. And Elisha picks up the cloak. And I find this super, super interesting. Here's where we mess up when we want a demonstration. He wanted a demonstration. He wanted to see God. He wanted God to answer his prayer, but he didn't ask for miracles. He didn't grab the cloak and say, "Please God, where is Elijah?" God, why did you bring me here to Jordan? God, what are you doing? God, I need you to answer my prayer. You know what he did? He struck he struck the Jordan with the cloak of Elijah, and he said, "Where is the God of Elijah?" He didn't ask. He didn't ask for miracles. He didn't ask for God to do something spectacular. He just asked for more of God. When you get to the place of the Jordan, when you get to the place of wanting more, you don't need to say, God, I need to see a leg grow out. I need to see an eyesight. If I could just see a miracle, God. You know what a miracle is? More of God in your life. That's when you cry out and you strike the ground. Just as, just as the king, when Elisha was dying, he called the king and he said, Shoot an arrow through the window. And then he said, Now grab three, now, now take an arrow and strike the ground. You know, this is funny. Elisha was not a quitter, even on his deathbed. He got mad when the king stopped striking the. He, he's, What did you strike it three times for? Now you're gonna lose. Why'd you quit? We can't quit. We can't be satisfied with where we're at. God's calling us to bigger. He's calling us to better. He's calling us to more. He doesn't need our excuses. He needs our desperation. He needs the revelation. He needs an anticipation because he's ready for a demonstration. Listen to the story in the Bible about in Luke somewhere. As Pastor Daniel said, open your Bible and turn somewhere my favorite thing. You use that forever. There's a story of a, of a woman with the issue of blood. And we read that. But you look and you take that formula that I just gave you and you watch every major miracle in the Bible through desperation, revelation, anticipation, and a demonstration. The woman exhausted all of her resources, she was desperate. She had nothing. She was unclean. She was isolated. She was depressed. She was lonely, had no money, had nothing. And in the middle of her desperation, she had a thought. She had a revelation moment that said, hey, there's a guy named Jesus. If I could just make it there and touch the hem of his garment, I could be saved. And you know what happened? Coolest thing in the world. She decides to go out of the box and follow what God has said and said, if you show up, you'll be healed. She was unclean. She was not wanted in that place. She crawled through the crowd. Desperation. Revelation moment. Now she's anticipating, oh, my gosh, if I touch him, I'm going to be healed. If I just get close enough, if I could just reach, if I could just reach out just a little bit more, I'm going to be healed. She's so excited. She knows beyond the shadow of a doubt it's going to happen. And at that moment, she touches him. Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? My power went out from me, he tells his disciples. And they're like, what are you talking about? Who touched me, everybody? No, who touched me with anticipation? Who touched me knowing that they would be healed? And as he looks at her, he says, your faith has made you whole. That's a formula for success. Take it and use it and you will prosper. Know your word. Some of you have been stuck. In a bad place, is Toby in here somewhere? There he is. I don't know. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. I'm going to hear about this. Pastor Danny's like, bro, it's like 20 minutes. We're on the treadmill. It's <laughs> the elevation difference for me, you know? Air's thinner here. <sighs> it's got me wore out. Minister Gill, just go with me on this, okay? I went on the interns' camping trip. Yep. They took us to bear country. I'm like, what are we doing? And we camped next to a river. I was like, this is the worst idea. All of our kids are in tents. I'm like, are we trying to slaughter out kids? What are we doing here? (laughs) We're camping next to a river where bears come. It'll be great. Why don't we just leave food out? That'd be awesome. (laughs) Minister David says, Oh man, we got a hike plan. I've determined that hiking is useless. Get a postcard, see all about it. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to hike tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I said, Well, okay, where are we going? We're going to go see the mud volcano. That sounds exciting. I was like, oh, mud volcano. This is going to be awesome. Like mud shooting out. I'm like in my mind, I'm curious, George. Remember, I'm like, this is going to be, oh, my gosh, this is great. The trail is like you're walking on roots. It's like I've twisted my ankle 18 times. i got to go back and see Dr. David again. I'm like trying to make it up the hills. All these kids are like, hurry up. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. It's horrible. Me and and Forrest were like, we're making sure nobody's back here. (laughs) Right? It's a struggle. We finally get up the top and we see the clearing. We're like, oh, we're going to see it. We walk through. It's a mud hole about the size of this right here. A hole, no volcano, a pit with a little bit of water and mud and a stick in it. I looked at him and said, what are we doing? This is it? Why would you call it a volcano? You ruined my day here. So, from here on out, send me a picture of where you go. And I'll tell people, I hiked there. It was awesome. I saw it. I don't even know what just happened, but hallelujah. (laughs) Felt like it was a praise break there for a minute. God loves when his children laugh. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God's here tonight to encourage some of you that have been stuck at a place, you're wondering why you can't get through. You're wondering why you're stuck listening to the voices saying you can't. And I want to encourage you tonight, in just a moment, we're going to pray for you. It's 8.30, I feel like that's super early compared to normal. <clears throat> I have a feeling we're going to have words tomorrow with Pastor gonna be like, listen, buddy. Stop. We serve a good God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's the same spirit that's alive and well in you. John 10.10 says that the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. The moment that you say yes to God is the moment that you put a target on yourself for the enemy to say, no, you can't. And you come to church to try to reassure yourself that you're going the right way, and I want to tell you tonight, you're going the right way. And when the world says you can't, when your family says you're crazy, when your husband or wife isn't cooperating, When your kids are off track, when you feel like you've lost your way, I want to encourage you tonight, we're going to strike the ground. The spirit of Elijah, the God of Elijah, is the same God that can take you all the way through Jordan. And tonight, a double portion of his anointing. God wants to do miracles. He has done miracles. Some of you have been waiting for a miracle. You've been camped out in Jericho, wondering how it's going to happen. You've been excited about what God's doing. So excited about the church growing. Listen, the devil's okay with us having church in these four walls. He's absolutely fine with us having a great revival service. He just doesn't want it to go out there. The Bible calls us, the, Jesus tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's time for the church to be on the move. It's time for us to own our anointing, to step in to what God's called us, to look at our purpose and say, God, I can and I will. No more just going to work. That's your ministry. You don't have to wait. You don't have to just pray in a closet and say, oh God, please help Johnny come to church tomorrow. Take church to Johnny. Every person in this room is called to preach the word. We all may do it in a different way, but we're all called to preach the word, to share the truth in love. God's love is what will change the world. And I want to encourage you tonight if you feel like you've been stuck in a place, if you feel like discouraged in areas, if you can't overcome in certain places, if the devil has grabbed a hold of you and you say, I'm I'm free from everything, but there's one thing that every time I think about it, just, it pulls me back down. Tonight, we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe God that as we strike a mantle to the ground, Just as Elisha was endued with power, so will you be tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed, first things first, I wanna introduce you to my best friend. His name is Jesus Christ. My heavenly father sent his one and only son to die for you. And he loves you no matter what you've done, where you've been. He loves you more than you love yourself. And tonight, before you can cross the Jordan, I have to introduce you to a place called Gilgal. It's the foundation of who we are in Jesus. That the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart then you will be saved. Amen. And so tonight I want to give you that opportunity. You don't have to live in defeat any longer. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you accept Jesus into your heart the Holy Spirit comes in, invades your place, and you no longer have to live under the curse of this world. You get to live in the promises and the blessing of the Most High God. And it happens when you say yes to Him. And listen, you might not have really said yes. you might have been manipulated to say yes, and I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm a truth speaker. I'll tell you exactly how it is, but tonight you have the opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart. And when you do, it will set you free forever. So tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed before we go any further, if you wanna make a decision for Jesus, if you're ready to lay down your life, to lay down your old life, to lay down your plans, your hopes, your dreams, and give them to God tonight and say, you know what, God, this ain't working out the way I'm doing it. Let's try your way. If you're willing to try God's way tonight, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, if you want Jesus. One, two, three. Come on, slip your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Back road, thank you. The Bible goes on to say that if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. We're not here to embarrass anybody. But if you can't take a stand right here in the middle of these walls around a bunch of people that love you, how are you going to take a stand outside? And so tonight I'm begging you, I'm asking you to take a stand for Jesus. If you raised your hand and you just want to say, God, I need my life right back in order, I want you. If that's you, I want you to make your way to the front right now. Come up here with me. I want to pray for you. Come on, everybody that lifted their hand. Come on, step out of your seat. Step out of your seat and come to the front. Come on. Come on, we're saying yes to Jesus. Do not let your pride hold you back. Come on, let me introduce you to my best friend. He's the God that can and the God that will. Come on, they're still coming. Anybody else? It's not too late. Don't say if I just sit here I won't have to worry about it. Come on. It's never too late. To say yes to Jesus. Awesome. So proud of you. Come on, let's give him a hand for being here right now. God's getting ready to come in and change your life forever. He's been working on you all service. He loves you. Even when you don't, he does. Even when you don't feel him, he's there. In just a moment, we're going to pray. We're going to lead. Church, we're going to do it together. Those of you that are standing here, say this prayer loud enough to hear yourself. And as I pray, you pray what I pray. Come on all across the room. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you tonight that I'm going to heaven and I'll never see hell. I confess tonight that you're my savior, that you're my God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.